Prologue Gloucestershire, England June, 1567 The light of the full moon illuminated the dark clouds and washed the landscape with silver. The old woman stood in front of a fire in a small clearing. She lifted her crooked finger and smiled when she felt a slight breeze touch her wrinkled skin. A tawny owl perched upon a branch, watching her every move. The moon dipped west toward the horizon. The witching hour was almost upon her. She brushed back a strand of dingy, long gray hair and knelt down next to her basket. She lifted out a wooden chalice, caressing an emblem of a crescent moon engraved on the cup with her thumb. Then she carefully pulled out a small, double-bladed ceremonial knife, her atheme, and removed the leather sheath. She tossed a few more sticks onto the fire and picked up a clay container filled with salt. She poured the salt into a protective circle as wide as she was tall around a fire and cauldron. She pulled two linen cloths, two glass vials of oil, and four beeswax candles from her basket, leaving three cloth-wrapped bundles of herbs in the bottom. She carefully set the linen cloths next to her and reached for the candles. One by one, she positioned them in each of the four directions, clockwise from north. She stood in the center of the circle and pulled from her cloak a hazel wand. Pointing it away from her body, she turned clockwise. She barely moved her lips to utter an incantation, closing the circle and warding off any evil or lingering spirits who wished to cause a nuisance. She glanced up. The owl hadn't moved. She lifted one of the three small cloth bundles from her basket to her nose and took a whiff of its contents. Floral dried calendula mixed with sweet althea and spicy anise. She emptied the bag into the small iron cauldron. She breathed in the crisp night air and glanced at the moon, now nearing the tips of the trees. The witching hour. It was time. She blended the herbs with the tip of her blade. She closed her eyes and quietly spoke words from one of the many old languages her mother taught, her voice harsh and hushed, like the leaves overhead brushing each other in the breeze. Eek Gretchen beget. With a flick of her wrist, she added graveyard dirt. In her mind, she visualized the face of the spirit she summoned. The heat grew and she pulled her hand back from the flames. When she opened her eyes, the flames danced high. Behind her, she felt a familiar presence, but there was no need to turn her head. She knew the spirit had no form. With a linen cloth, she removed the cauldron from the fire, set it on the ground, and let it cool for a moment. She emptied its contents back onto the linen they were bundled in and wiped the cauldron clean. She grasped her wand and, turning counterclockwise, opened the circle, intoning, Yipai pious tuckin, agay wendin. She dashed a few feet out of the circle and dug a small hole in the soft ground, then placed the wrapped cloth inside and covered it with dirt. She smiled and stepped back into the circle of salt, held her wand in front of her body, and closed the circle. The woman filled the cauldron with the last bundle of dried herbs. The scents of mugwort, sailor's tobacco, and chamomile were stronger than the herbs she previously prepared. A bit of rose, a touch of jasmine she tipped from the vials of oil into the cauldron. She mixed the contents with the tip of her blade. Once the concoction was blended to her satisfaction, she placed the cauldron over the fire. The herbs began to smolder, thick smoke curling into the air. 
She closed her eyes and focused on the spirit behind her to deliver a message. She uttered the incantation. She opened her eyes and watched the smoke lift toward the sky. Standing up, she opened her arms and breathed in the intoxicating sense. Suddenly, the power filled her. She was one with the smoke, one with the spirit. She emitted the words again, letting them pour from her body. The smoldering ceased. The presence left. The owl hooted and flew overhead. She gently folded her arms over her chest, bowed her head for a moment, and whispered, So might it be. For now, there was nothing more she could do. The pieces were in play. If she placed them properly, then the true heir would have the opportunity to prevail.